0: So yeah. what's what's up with you? What's been going on in your life recently?
1: Um, not much. Yeah. I downloaded a VR horror game yeah? recently.
0: Which I one? didn't
1: play much of it. Which one? Um it was called the Organ Quarter. Mm. And it's kind of like a Silent Hill Resident Evil type experience. Sure. But it's really really early alpha right now and it kind of looks like somebody's first unity game <laughs>
0: yeah i imagine like yeah. a lot of vr games that are going to be yeah basically out are like 100 like like percent yeah I... yeah
1: it's a uh, it's all of them <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like some like bigger developers are like doubling vr like i mean the uh uh, new Resident Evil game you can play in VR. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. 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 You can. But it's. But only on PSVR. Oh sure. You can't play it on like the Vive.
0: Oh sure. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird area of transition. I feel. Um.
1: Yeah. There's <laughs> okay. There's this one game. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's literally just called My Virtual Pet. Uh huh. And it's like the worst game on Steam. in <laughs> it's VR. It's so weird. Like, my...
0: <laughs> Uh, okay. It's. I mean, <laughs> like I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like the fact that there's not a lot of games is not going to stop VR from being popular. It's just going to be like a super weird period yeah. for maybe the next like couple years. I think.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's called my own pet, mm-hmm. and it's basically just like very rigid models of dogs. Oh sure. In like a flat texture of some grass and some trees, and the the dogs just slide around on the ground. <laughs> It used to look different. It used to be like like bunnies that were made out of just like five circle polygons sure. that were stretched, uh-huh. and then they changed it because they got like some feedback. Yeah. But it's still not anything. <laughs> like it's nothing. I
0: mean, they just have and dog it costs assets six dollars. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's. I don't know what it is or why it exists, but it's there.
0: I mean, probably just as like a, an experiment in working with VR, I guess. Yeah. But
1: almost <laughs> definitely, but it's also six dollars. Yeah,
0: I mean, has, I feel like stuff like that should be like free on itch.io or whatever. I mean, I don't know if you, yes, you can't really exactly yeah. <laughs> like.
1: No, you can. You, you can. Uh, you can upload VR games to itch.io. Oh, sure. Um, I have a few of them. That's where Gorn exists, yeah. and that's like one of my favorite VR games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Uh, it only has two reviews, and it was one review that was positive, and it was like a really long joke review about how it's, like, the best game ever. Uh-huh. And it's, like, like 10 pages long. <laughs> sure. And then there was one other review by the same person that uh, he removed the joke review and made an actual review.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And gave the developers a small amount of praise for getting, like, taking some feedback and doing something with the game. Mm-hmm. But even though it's, like, not actually better, it's just slightly different. Mm-hmm. Talk about the movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Fear Baiting, everyone. Uh, I'm Blair. Yeah. Luna won't be with us this week because that's how our. I'm w- Luna. Yeah. Yeah. You're Luna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hourly. I
1: will be your Luna for today.
0: <laughs> yeah. Friend of the show, Alec will be our stand-in Luna.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm Alec.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so I mean, you've listened to the podcast before, so you kind of know how we run things insofar as guests, but like. Yeah. Just uh, uh, what do you like? What's your relationship with horror? What's your like background with it? You know, what are your little yeah. f- favorite tropes and whatnot?
1: Um, so like, I grew up not having much interest in any horror movies, mm-hmm. but I had an interest in a lot of video games. Sure. So there are like two horror games that I remember specifically that I watched let's plays of when I grew up,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and those were. I think it's called Gregory Horror Show. Mm-hmm. That was actually a cartoon, but they made a video game of it, mm-hmm. and it kind of is horror and kind of isn't. But I, I really, really recommend checking it out because it's really interesting and very cool. Mm-hmm. But it's basically like it's this kind of like haunted house cartoonist vibe. I think it's a Japanese cartoon, but it's um it's all CGI and everybody is basically made out of like blocks. Sure kind of Minecraft style, yay, but yay. obviously this was way before Minecraft was a thing. Right. Um, but it's like genuinely very like surreal and kind of frightening concepts, mm-hmm. but kind of framed in this very like childlike view. Sure. And it kind of ended with this idea of like this place, like the Gregory horror show house, haunted house is a place where people who have become very bored with their lives go to find like interest Mm-hmm. like people who just don't really have anything going for them or any like interest or anything mm-hmm. go to this house to have like something to make them feel anything mm-hmm. which is a really really weird kind of concept for what it is because it's this very childish kind of environment Sure
0: sure. Yeah. But I
1: there was a game made for this that was like really scary because it was about basically hiding from a bunch of different monsters while also doing fetch quests oh, sure. essentially. I don't really remember very much of it. <laughs> But it was really cool, and i that was something that got me pretty interested in, like, the idea of, like, horror in mediums and that kind of relationship mm-hmm. between an audience and a piece of work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then the other thing was Silent Hill 3. Yeah. That was the other thing that I watched. Yeah. Um, which I love that game. I've never played it and probably won't for a very long time, mm-hmm. but I am very, like, into it. Like, the characters and everything like that is very way more interesting than all the other Silent Hill games I've seen.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah I have Silent Hill 2 on like a PS2 that I have like two other games for. I don't know my parents just got me a PS2 because they're like you like video games like I don't Mm -hmm. really but like I'll use it (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Um, Who doesn't like video games? I mean I like them but I'm just not particularly good at them and Silent Hill 2 has like tank controls so it's like yeah. Extremely hard to navigate, which is already very yeah. difficult for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean that's like super cool cuz you know, like when you talk like I've talked to a few people who like had their entrance into horror via video games, but it's usually like Resident Evil or like uh Silent Hill. I mean, you had Silent Hill in there, but like I've never heard of uh Gregory's Horror. Uh, is that what the first one was called?
1: I think it's Gregory Horror Gregory show. Horror I'm going to Yep, it's called Gregory Horror show. Mm-hmm. It's very, very interesting. You can find every episode on YouTube if you just Google it. Sure. And then there's also a game, which uh, the Let's Player that I watched was Cloud8745, uh-huh. who is like, I th- he's still doing stuff, but he hasn't been relevant to my life for like at least 10 years. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure he still does stuff, but I don't really remember like anything about him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I just remember that's how I figured out. That's how... It is his let's plays that i saw silent hill 3 and gregory horror show mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. so like what kind of stuff are you into these days like genre wise or do you just like stick around wherever whatever wherever, whatever will have you you know
1: um i don't really go out of my way to watch stuff that often sure um a few years ago um me my like ex had me watch a whole lot of horror stuff Mm -hmm. because they just like wanted to experience horror content with me Mm -hmm. and i was okay with that so i have watched a handful of horror movies that i thought were interesting
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um there was this one i don't remember the name of it but you'd probably know it if i described it to you sure it was a group of like ghost hunter-esque people who are obviously doing this as like a scam to get money Uh uh-huh um and they're going to an abandoned insane asylum.
2: Oh, sure. And
1: they're going in there to uh, record it and basically, you know, make a hoax like every other episode of their show. Yeah, yeah. But then it turns out it's actually haunted. And um, it was pretty cool. The thing that I liked a lot about it is that, like, the horror, like, the ghosts were the doctors that, like, gave people, like, like treated people horribly. Mm-hmm. And the the horror aspect of it wasn't like, ooh, crazy people are scary. Mm-hmm. And that ableist trope. The mm-hmm. horror aspect was like this is the the ghosts of people who were treated terribly by a very broken system. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. But the show, it's the movie itself wasn't very. Uh,
0: no, I. It wasn't a lot. I've seen that movie before. I literally can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh um i'll ask roswell after we record and i'll put it in the show notes (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm sure he'll
2: know thank you
1: (laughs) um and i also watched vhs and vhs2 oh
0: sure of course you gotta (laughs) which
1: yeah i i liked some of the stories in that yeah but a, a major thing a trope that i don't really like in horror that much is like the religious trope like anything where it's like the bad guy is a demon is really boring to me
0: sure like i yeah i get it because it's like super overdone at this point i like paranormal things but i tend to like ghosts yeah more yeah i'm really into ghosts
1: but i don't like the idea of like you know literal satan coming up like that's not scary yeah once satan is literally there it's not scary anymore it can still be good but it can't be
2: scary yeah
0: the thing is it's like there's no like reasoning with that kind of power yeah you know whereas like there's some like personality to ghosts whereas like yeah, if you have exactly. a demon it's just like so the object of this like this antagonist is literally just to be evil which can be useful yeah. in some cases but like yeah when yeah. you see it a thousand times it's not that interesting
1: <laughs> yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i'm trying to think of other horror movies i've seen um Oh, and Blair Witch Project, obviously, which I absolutely loved. And it was funny because I watched that with my ex and it was their first time watching it. And they thought it was a little boring. Uh They thought it was like decent, but it wasn't their thing. Uh And it was like, it was interesting because like the stuff that they had me watch before that was like, I had the same reaction that they had to the Blair Witch Project sure. of it's kind of interesting but it's not really my thing. Whereas the Blair Witch Project was like that was really good and very well made.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get people who are turned off by the Blair Witch Project just because it's like uh, like a different pace from like especially if you're like if say like a Paranormal Activity was the first found footage movie you ever seen, which is like and like yeah like my generation uh, like a bit more common I feel. Um, mm-hmm. because, like, I was... Well, it's our generation. I, our generation, we're, like, yeah, we're the age. same age. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, you're a big boy now. You've turned 21, so you're... yeah. <laughs> so now you're the talk. old baby boomer and I'm the millennial. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, the
1: baby boomer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because it's, like, um, I mean, I was, like, fucking four when the Blair Witch Project came out, so obviously I didn't see it when it came yeah. out. But, like, yeah, it's just, like since it was the first it had like a totally different pace than i feel like other found footage because yeah. you can't really replicate the same exact concept you can take inspiration for it but i think it's really challenging and that's why you know yeah i feel like it puts people off so i totally get why but anyway yeah. that's my <laughs> little yeah like i don't know whatever anyway we watched a movie this week
1: <laughs> we did
0: yeah um we, we watched uh, a bit of a horror classic, one I've seen a couple times, and one our uh, guest has not seen. We watched uh, The Shining. Um,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm,
0: which is, uh, I mean, it's a classic, you know, based off of the uh, Stephen King book and directed by Stanley Kubrick. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had... Uh, I
1: took eight pages of notes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very fastidious. I took... <laughs> Zero pages of notes. But, I mean, I felt like I didn't really need to because I've seen this, well, yeah. maybe twice. Like I think that's fair. Yeah, I've seen this maybe twice in totality before, but I've seen, like, probably a cumulative of, like, three times just because of the bits and pieces I've seen of it, like, mushed yeah. together. You know, that's how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, Two viewings and four quarter viewings.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so you had seen you recommend you wanted us to watch this because you watched like a part of a documentary on it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I watched at least half of a documentary that I don't remember the name of that was about uh, the symbolism behind a lot of the different stuff in. I think it was just generally Stanley Kubrick movies, but mm-hmm. it featured like prominently The Shining.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And oh, yeah,
0: go ahead. I mean there's there I know there's one that's specifically about the shining called like room 237 that's got like, I
1: think that was
2: it. Yeah.
0: It's got like mixed reviews, but it's like, mm-hmm. uh, like the stuff I know you were mentioning to me, like all it's yeah. like pretty credible because it's like, like the, the, the Nazism symbolism, like the, yeah. like the native the, American, the general symbolism. genocide. Themes. Yeah. Yeah. I like there's, there's a lot going on thematically in this movie, um, which makes sense because it's two hours and 30 minutes, roughly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's like a lot of space to um, cram a lot of stuff in it.
1: So one thing I'm kind of realizing now is that like you were telling me earlier while we were watching that a lot of people had this mixed review of like there's some stuff that's like, OK, that's obviously what it is. And there's some other stuff that's like that seems like a stretch. And I don't know if that's accurate or not. Uh huh. And I think the reason I was really into the documentary when I was seeing it is because I didn't have any reference. Sure, sure. Like, I couldn't look at that and be like, oh, that's a stretch. I just had to accept it at face value. No,
0: yeah, totally. I mean, like, I get that, you know? <laughs> I, I I, I don't know if I've seen much of the documentary. Uh, it seems like something my dad would be really into, and it would probably be pr- playing in the background while I was doing something else mm-hmm. in the living room. Um, but, yeah, I've heard yeah. people talk about it. Uh, but, like... The The main critique I hear about it is the fact that this person talks about how if you play it backwards over top <laughs> you're playing it forwards, like, there's, yeah, like, that, lining yeah. up. And, and I mean, like, I get... I
1: can't remember if that was in the one that I saw.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, because, I mean, I, yeah. I, I get why people... It would, seems like
1: a stretch. Yeah, I
0: get why people would think that, but the thing is, there's a ton of really long shots in The Shining, yeah. so it'd be super easy to line up, like basically at any point in the
1: movie any two long shots if there's a long shot it's very likely that it's matched up with another long shot yeah
0: exactly um yeah but uh let's uh get into the meat and potatoes of this movie there's a lot going on because i mentioned it's a big movie so we'll try to be as
2: (laughs) yeah
1: i'll start us off since i have very in-depth notes Mm -hmm. so in the intro to the movie it starts off with just a faraway shot of a car driving through I guess some mountains I think Mm -hmm. and it holds that while the credits play over it for a while and you see the main character Jack Torrance going into an interview Mm -hmm. with a Mr. Ullman Mm -hmm. and he's directed to their office and him and his secretary is secretary Susie is there who you you know that's the only scene that she exists in, but I wrote down her name anyway (laughs) um and the Mr. Ullman tells Susie to go get Bill Watson and then they can start the interview and then it cuts to them at home um well it cuts to the mom and the kid whose names are Wendy and Danny which you don't find out until like 20 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. i noticed mm-hmm. um and it's them di- discussing the trip that they're going to be taking to this hotel and the kid seems very not excited about it mm-hmm. and then he talks about how he can't make any friends in like the places that i move to mm-hmm. and he does a little finger puppet thing where he talks in a kind of squeaky raspy voice and moves his finger around mm-hmm. Um and he's talking to himself. So this is the multiple representation that I was really excited for in this movie. Yeah.
0: Um I I like yeah, it's like handled really well and yeah. like I really
1: liked it. It was really cool.
0: Yeah. I mean <laughs> especially, you know, with like movies that uh tend yeah. to not like it, so the, the I guess in a matter of speaking, though it's never really referred to it in this way, the altar that Danny has is named Tony. Mm-hmm. And he's like yeah. not never like uh, an object of fear or anything. Yeah. You know, the
1: only time where they even kind of hint at it is later in the movie where he's doing the red rum thing. Yeah. And it's kind of a fake out because he picks up the knife and he walks over to get the lipstick and he writes red rum on the wall. And then he stands next to his mom who's sleeping in the bed and just yells red rum really loud while holding the knife, mm-hmm. but he's not doing anything bad. No. He's just yeah. going through a trance. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I mean, there's, I mean, there's like a, like a, tension in the fact yeah. that he exists but it's never like you're supposed
1: to be made uncomfortable by him but you're not supposed to be really afraid of him yeah
0: exactly because um, like he doesn't do anything you know <laughs> not anything that's harmful you know um yeah so um
1: i mean if anything he's trying to protect him he's oh, trying to sure. tell him not to go to the hotel sure,
0: yeah exactly um yeah. so we get um pretty early on uh we have uh, danny talking to tony while he's brushing mm-hmm. his teeth um uh, and then he kind of like has visions of the, the hotel. Um, the like I think they're both iconic scenes he sees are both the two girls standing in the hallway and also like, yeah. the blood coming and out the of blood the elevator. elevator.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, before that, though, um, it cuts back to the interview. And I noticed this and I'm pretty sure my eyes were just playing tricks on me. Mm-hmm. But it felt like the, the room the interview took place in was different. And it almost felt like the person he was being interviewed with was a different person. Because mm-hmm. you didn't see any, you, didn't, you barely saw his face in the first like, intro because the shot was taken from the doorway. Sure, But it felt like it was a different person to me. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> and I'm probably just trying to read into things that aren't there. I
0: mean, I think it'd be worth a second watch to find out because like, that yeah. was kind of like changes in detail. This is like yeah. a this is a pretty detail oriented movie, insofar so yeah. far as there's a lot of things going on, and a lot of like more subtle things going on as well. So, um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like anything yeah. changed, you know, because um, I know, I mean, this isn't like a change, but I remember I can't remember what in what scene it is in, but there's like a statue, of a, like an eagle, like a Third Reich eagle, somewhere, mm-hmm. and so obviously another reference to like. Um, yeah. like the whole genocide thing, but nothing that's like that whole, thing. The whole yeah, that whole thing. But it's like,
1: you know, but, you probably heard about it.
0: <laughs> I mean, that theme, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, but it's not anything directly referenced. So, I mean, to have yeah. something, it, there's
1: a lot of stuff in the background that isn't like even focused on in any way
0: mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. So th-
1: I, I love that kind of thing. Yeah, like, I think that kind of thing in art, because the coolest thing about art, one of the really, really cool things about art and, like, being an artist is hiding stuff. Like, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: hiding things that only a few people will see. Because I feel like if an artist, like, makes most of the meaning behind their work hidden from the general populace, Mm -hmm. that adds such a layer of, like, personal depth to it. Like, this is something only a few people will experience. Mm -hmm. Why would you put so much work into something that so few people will see? Right,
0: exactly. I mean, it's, like, wanting to, like convey a very specific message but wanting to do it subtly which i think is totally like you know honorable you know um yeah i and the thing i was thinking about while i was watching this movie is that there are these subtleties and these all the the subtext but it's totally like completely enjoyable as like a Mm -hmm. like both as a film a story and like a work of art just by like without taking you don't need to be aware of
1: or looking for any of that content in order to be able to enjoy the film yeah
0: and even like understand what's going on which i think i mean It's, it's like totally fine when a movie is completely esoteric and unable to Mm -hmm. approach unless you really look into the depths of it. But also like there's something, you know, worth, you know, like applauding when it can like master both of those things, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just good design. It's skillful to be able to pull something like that off. Mm
0: -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Um, So during this interview, he has the, the interviewer has this guy come in, Bill Watson, who doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Like, he asks the secretary to have him join them. He addresses him by a full name, and he sits there in the chair. And as far as I could tell, like, he didn't have a single speaking line, and they only cut to him once. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it was at the time where he first mentions the tragedy of the winter in uh, 1970.
0: Yeah, that whole scene is very focused on the interviewer and Jack. So, Yeah. yeah. And I had almost completely forgotten... That, that other person was in the room until yeah. you mentioned it.
1: <laughs> it's. And I. That's the kind of thing where, like. I love feeling like there's something there, but I don't know what it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Something about that's very, like, ooh, it's so mysterious. Yeah. Like, I love the feeling of mystery that that kind of thing gives you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like Kubrick is such a detailed director that he. That's not mm-hmm. something he wouldn't do on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but he. Uh, Basically, the interviewer goes into detail about um, a man who had a breakdown while taking care of this hotel, which is the job he's interviewing for. Mm -hmm. He's interviewing to take care of a hotel while it's the winter and no one's going to be there just to do like basic maintenance. Um, And it's going to be a long winter and they're completely isolated, which is the major theme of the movie is isolation. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just goes into detail about what happened. And it's like, this guy had a breakdown killed his whole family with an axe and like chopped them to pieces and then shot himself in the head with a shotgun.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Which is obviously a very tragic and upsetting thing to tell somebody. Right. And Jack is like, all right, cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, it's, it could just be the fact that I know the other roles Jack Nicholson has been in and just how his face looks because yeah. we talked about this he looks very menacing just like looking at yeah. him um, his
1: face shape is menacing
0: <laughs> yeah. um so like but there's also the sense that like there's just something off about how he's like reacting to these situations yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah
0: yeah so we um we return to the house at that point uh to find mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, that's when he's talking yeah, to tony yeah that's when tony, he's talking to mirror. tony
0: he he ends up passing out or, yeah, he ends up passing out. Um, and then uh, Wendy finds him. Like, and then we yeah. have, like, a doctor inspecting him. Yeah.
1: It's a it's a hard cut from this scene where he's, like, having these hallucinations mm-hmm. to him laying in a bed with a doctor inspecting him. Mm-hmm. There's no in-between. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that in this movie where it's just, like, a hard, sharp cut from one scene to the next with nothing in between.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have, like, those hard cuts. You also have those, like long transitions Mm -hmm. like fade-ins i don't know it's 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 all fascinating (laughs) yeah um uh basically and then uh danny basically talks what we talks about what we had already like explained up to this point about tony about like the small boy living in his mouth that hides in his stomach sometimes
1: he he says that um, a couple times throughout the movie, that Tony is a little boy who lives in his mouth, and if you open your his, if he opens his mouth, you can't see him because he hides in his stomach, mm-hmm. which is very cute, yeah, but also a little upsetting,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, as as the nurse is like pushing him to talk a little more about Tony, he says, "I don't want to talk about Tony anymore." Yeah. And then he's asked to stay in bed for the rest of the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a conversation between Wendy and this nurse, um, wherein mm-hmm. like. They talk about, you know, just, like, Danny uh, yeah. adjusting to stuff, and then uh, Wendy mentions that he dislocated his uh, shoulder in, like, primary school. Yeah. Um, and then, like, there's... It comes up that...
1: Because his... Yeah. yeah,
0: that Jack had uh, dis- dislocated his shoulder while he had been drinking. Um,
1: yeah, they tugged at him to get him away from the papers that he... His, like, writing papers that he scattered everywhere, mm-hmm. and he tugged on his arm just a little too hard and just kind of popped it out of the socket. Yeah. Um, which it comes up a lot later, mm-hmm. of course, because that's a really big deal. Yeah. Um, the nurse is very obviously kind of upset by this. Like, this is something that's like, this is uncomfortable to hear. Yeah. Um,
0: um, Wendy uh, talks about how the the one good thing that came out of it was the fact that yes. uh, Jack has stopped drinking. He's been dry for mm-hmm. five months at the point of this conversation, so...
1: Um, Yeah. This is also the first scene where we know that Wendy smokes. Like, this is the first scene where she pulls out a cigarette and starts smoking. She offers the nurse a cigarette as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And the nurse reassures her that Danny's probably fine. And she mentions something about Mm auto-hypnosis, like a self-induced trance. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. And then we get our first title card after the first title card that I missed and didn't write down. Mm -hmm. But this title card is Closing Day. Mm
0: -hmm. Where, um, uh, this is when they're driving up to the hotel, right? Um, Um,
1: The father, uh, Jack, this is the point where I didn't know anyone's name (laughs) yet, so I was just writing down everything as the father, the child, the wife, etc. So Jack is talking with Danny about the Donner Party, which was a group of settlers back in, quote, wagon times, Mm -hmm. um, who got, I think, somehow, like, uh, snowed in like a... They couldn't escape from some area because of the snow, yeah, and they had to resort to cannibalism in order to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Danny says that it's okay mom I already know about cannibalism because of TV <laughs> and uh Jack says yeah because of TV <laughs> which is a very kind of kind of uncomfortable but also a little bit kind of cute interaction between them yeah um but yeah mm-hmm. and from that there's a cut to the hotel you see a lot of staff moving stuff and they're closing up for winter. They're just taking all of the stuff that doesn't need to be there or is going to be somewhere else and just moving it. Mm -hmm. And you see uh, Mr. Ullman and Jack having a talk about, you know, uh, what he's going to be doing there and like where his family is. Uh, We're told that Danny is in the games room and Wendy is somewhere else. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's another cut to... Um, Jack and Wendy walking through, I guess, I think the dining hall. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where they're just having like small talk, basically. But Wendy mentions that there's a lot of Native American decor that's very beautiful. And uh, Mr. Ullman says it's very, it's all like authentic from a specific tribe, which is pretty subtle. Really one of the few direct references to the fact that this place is like, I think this is i think there's heavy implication that this place was built on like an indian burial ground or something like that yeah but i don't know for certain i
0: mean yeah there's definitely i don't a bunch want to of, be
1: apocryphal yeah
0: there's definitely a bunch of like negative energy around here regardless so yeah but um i think <laughs> the fact that you know all this like native american imagery is being like 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 yeah reappropriated yeah. into like this sort of like mm-hmm. bougie white context is yeah, meaningful exactly. yeah
1: yeah Um, and here we have our first scene where we see the twins in the hotel. Um, this cut is to Danny just playing with darts by himself. He, uh, is throwing darts at the wall or at the dartboard. He goes up to the dartboard to pick them off and the music has a very shrill tone playing. Mm -hmm. And this shrill tone is pretty indicative, almost consistently of some sort of, uh, paranormal event happening or some sort of vision happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a zoom in on Danny's face and a cut to the twins and a cut back and they stare at each other for a while and the twins walk out of the room and the scene continues as normal basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there's a cut to Jack and Wendy touring the rooms that they're going to be staying in with Mr. Ullman And Jack said it's very cozy and homey and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Then there's another cut. um, Them walking outside, they talk about the snow cat, which is just like a special car for driving around in the snow. Um, It's basically a tank from what I noticed. Yeah. Uh, This is obviously pretty foreshadowing. It's like a... Chekhov's gun situation <laughs> sure. it was going to be important later
2: uh-huh.
1: um, because why would they have this scene where they go out and see this and not have it mean anything right which isn't really a smart thing to say because there are a lot of scenes that don't seem to mean anything uh-huh. unless you really read into it so um but yeah um um, then they're walking in the dining hall again. Uh-huh. Uh, they mentioned that they remove all alcohol from the premises for like insurance reasons. Mm-hmm. And Jack says, "Well, we don't drink."
2: Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: And that's that's also obviously pretty heavily foreshadowing that like uh, he's gonna be pretty upset about the fact that they don't drink.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's um, just like immediate tension surrounding Jack. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Definitely. So like he, everything about him seems like very reluctant, except for the fact that he's gonna be at this hotel that he seems like super into yeah. which i mean is also he's like,
1: very into that yeah um yeah he's a writer we haven't mentioned this i just realized that yeah he um, he was he, a school te-
0: teacher and now he's yeah. a writer um and he's going to like this yeah. hotel to have some isolation while he writes um
1: yes uh writes one sentence um and so uh after the scene or at the end of this scene, um, Danny walks in um, from outside, walked in by a woman who I don't think gets a name mm-hmm. or an occupation of any sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says that he was outside looking for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the first time where it's revealed that his name is Danny.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then shortly after, it's revealed that the mom's name is Wendy. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a cut to them walking through the kitchen area with a new character named Dick Halleron or Mr. Halleron. Um, and he's black, which is notable later on. Um, he shows them all of like the meat. Um, and he calls Danny by the name doc, which is strange because th- his Danny's parents call him doc as like a inside joke kind of reference to, um,
0: uh, d- like, Bugs Looney Bunny. Tunes, Bugs Bunny yeah, type yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And that's, like, a nickname that he has, and they didn't, they haven't referred to him as Doc at all
2: mm-hmm. while they were there. Mm-hmm.
1: So, obvi- you know right away, like, oh, this guy knows something that he shouldn't, which is very strange. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, sorry and... for, like, <laughs> I was, like, for those past, like, two minutes, I was, like, my sweet mate was texting me, can you get the admiral from my room? Because I'm in her room right now <laughs> recording. <laughs> and then, like um she's in here right now covertly replacing the
1: <laughs> yeah sorry for just like talking nonstop. For no the past, it's like, okay like
0: minutes. you were filling time where i would yeah. where i was trying to like dig through her drawers to find it
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fine. Um, um
0: yeah but yeah. it's uh it's um where were we
1: <laughs> i am basically just reading off my notes We should probably take some breaks to like talk about things <laughs> yeah um yeah
0: um so so
1: we were talking about um mr holleran was just introduced right and, yeah
0: and this yeah. is uh where we get introduced to the concept of shining from him um Because yes. he talks about how well he 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 like he says you know how Daniel I knew your alone, name. like with some ice cream and oh, stuff oh. like that. There's one really interesting um, thing. He talks about how his, uh,
1: and uh, I just realized what this was. But as uh, Danny, Danny and Mr. Holland and uh, Wendy are standing in like the pantry room, uh-huh. um, and a shrill tone starts to play. Uh-huh. Um, Danny looks like he's kind of dissociating. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the voices of... Um, bleh, of the voices of his mom and Mr. Holloran kind of fade out, mm-hmm. there's a very slow and intentional zoom onto Mr. Holloran's face. And... You hear his voice overlapped on what he's actually saying, saying, how'd you like to get some ice cream, Doc? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And
1: it's like echoing. And it's like, this is very weird at first, but I realize now this is representative of The Shining. Like, this is his ability to hear what he's saying.
0: Yeah because uh he he mentions later like oh his grandmother and him used to have entire conversations without opening their mouths yep and how like other people have it and might not know it or might be in denial of the fact that they can shine um and it's and he also explains the fact that uh this hotel like places can be like people and like people some things can shine and this hotel has a way of shining in itself um which is like code for this hotel is super fucking haunted (laughs) yeah yeah um
1: yeah and it's it's sad this part was like i have a lot of affection for mr holland because i can't like pronounce his name without slurring it so i'm just gonna call him dick (laughs) um i have a lot of affection for dick because he's just like he very genuinely cares about like making sure that this kid is safe and just like he's a good person yeah. and it sucks that obviously, like every other black person in a horror movie from this time, mm-hmm. he dies without really any consequence. Yeah. Um uh but he's uh talking he discovers Tony mm-hmm. from Danny and Danny talks about he's not supposed to talk about um the shining Mm -hmm. like he's aware of this ability but tony has told him not to talk about it tony has not told him not to talk to them about a lot of stuff um and tony has said he doesn't want to go to the hotel a lot but when um when dick asks him why or when dick asks him if tony has said anything about the hotel he says he can't remember Mm -hmm. even though we watched him say it out loud to him which is interesting yeah 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 um Um, And it's also revealed that he doesn't remember barely any of the like visions that he gets from Tony when he blacks out. mm -hmm. Um, And Tony, uh, Danny mentions room two, three, seven, and he says, you're scared of it, aren't
0: Mm
1: you? And, um, Dick warns him pretty sternly not to go into that room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then there's our next title card, which is one month later. Yeah. It's very sharp. Yeah. Like, it's this this conversation between these characters that haven't really been the focus for a long time and a very sharp turn to a completely different scene, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Yeah.
0: So like one month later, obviously, they've been like becoming more comfortable with their like yeah. surroundings, um, you know, like adjusting to the fact that they're like living in this huge hotel, just the three of them. I mean, a- mm-hmm. adjusting as much as they can, I guess yeah um i think yeah um wendy and jack have a conversation about this about how like she's like oh i was actually kind of scared of this place at first and then like just showing the contrast yeah just showing the contrast between these two characters he was very
1: comfortable with it right away yeah exactly and he mentions that he felt like he had been there before like an extremely extremely strong sense of deja vu Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um this is one of our first scenes the the way just after the title card you see wendy wheeling a food cart around for a little while Mm -hmm. and then you see danny riding his tricycle around for a very long time
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like very 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 long time and we see a few more scenes like this later Mm -hmm. um but there's a lot of him just riding his tricycle around and the camera following closely behind him and just very long sustained shots mm-hmm. it's very suspenseful
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um uh yeah so i'm trying to remember like the next big plot point that happens uh in this setting mm-hmm. i think um
1: well uh After this, we see Jack next to his typewriter throwing a tennis ball at a wall. Oh,
0: sure, yeah. And
1: after that, it kind of holds on that for a while. And then it's Wendy and Jack playing outside and they enter the hedge maze. Yeah, they go, yeah. Really, really good, really creepy music plays in this hedge maze Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. not a whole lot of obvious reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after this, there's gone.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's Uh, it's, I think it's like, like it there's like tension in the hedge maze because of the Mm. uh like the scene at the end of the movie you know so it's kind of like setting it up
1: it's foreshadowing
0: yeah yeah like setting it up it's like this vibe of discomfort in it for like later yeah that's a
1: really cool and interesting way of foreshadowing something in a movie without actually like having anything plot-wise the only foreshadowing behind the hedge maze is the music for the most part
0: and the fact that um um, jack is staring at this miniature of it like super intensely um yeah i mean like he stares at basically everything else but you know
1: (laughs) yeah well he he leans over it and then the camera cuts to his point of view the camera slowly zooms in and then you see a top down view of danny and wendy walking around it Mm -hmm. so it's like a weird phase between this miniature and the actual thing Mm -hmm. that's really hard to discern Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm.
1: and then there's another title card saying tuesday
0: yeah so we're flying through Um, that week (laughs) Um, yeah so on tuesday um i think this is the day where like wendy is watching tv and she hears like a news report that it's going to get super Like snowy the next couple days.
1: Yeah, Um, and she also hears a handful like missing person reports. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, just
1: some generally kind of upsetting stuff. Yeah,
0: there's like I was like noticing that about like you know conversations of like historic like things that had happened in the past or things that were currently happening are like all like super distressing. You know? Yeah, like
1: every it's all really upsetting.
0: Even when they exist outside of the context of the movie, if that makes sense, like they're not relevant to the like directly relevant. Yeah, it's just like
1: sad. You know. If you turn on the news at any time, it's usually going to be something upsetting. Yeah. It was basically that.
0: Yeah. But when they choose to like add that into a movie, like there's, yeah, you, I mean, negative atmosphere, obviously, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, um, I don't want to spend an hour talking about this movie alone. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so like the, the, the tension, not to be vague and I say the tension continues document. to build, but the tension continues to build. Uh, there's, there's Mm -hmm. an obvious, like, conflict of Jack between everyone else, you know, like. Yeah. mm -hmm. Oh, did you just send me the Google Doc?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I am at, uh, page three of eight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um. I
1: made a lot of typos, so no judging. No,
0: that's okay. I mean, you were, like, typing on the fly, so I respect that.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um. Yes. This is
1: our first time that we see room 237 oh, sure. in person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this scene was really good. Oh, um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, Danny is on his tricycle again, and suspenseful music starts playing as he gets close to the room. Um, he stops by the door, gets up. He kind of looks to his right as if he's, like, trying to see if anyone else is around. He walks up to the door slowly And he looks at the room number and the handle and back again a few times. He grabs the handle. It doesn't budge. And then there's a quick cut to the twins. And he uh, just kind of nervously walks back to the tricycle and rides away with a very obvious sense of urgency. Yeah.
0: um, I I, like I was thinking about this and I was like trying to decide if like. Danny's actor was like good for a child actor and I think he like isn't like the best child actor I've ever seen but I think there's like Hmm. nothing I really liked him nothing about his performance that definitely takes you out of the movie you know which I think yeah is that can't always be said for other especially horror movies um I think have like a really low standard Um, for (laughs) child actors but yeah
1: I am I have a really low kind of a clear bar for like suspension of disbelief so i thought he was great uh-huh. but i'm not the best judge of those kinds of things
0: i mean like and so far i mean he's definitely at the head of the pack which is not saying a lot though mm-hmm. because like there's yeah. a lot of child actors that are like hired because they look Bad. cute rather than they have yeah. like any like presence on the set you know and i felt like mm-hmm. the fear danny was expressing was all legitimate i mean like yeah like it felt earnest you know um mm. uh, i
1: thought like there was a lot of there are a lot of moments where he's just uncomfortable and i felt like he did that really well yeah
0: i agree i mean yeah
1: especially talking with his dad
0: yeah i mean <laughs> again jack nicholson is just an uncomfortable human being Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah so well i got like i felt like there was a really good sense of like just a kid walking on eggshells around his dad yeah
0: totally um and then we have uh the first big conflict between jack and wendy Mm -hmm. where uh she's like trying to make conversation with him about the weather and stuff like that and he like gets really really irritated with him like with her like oh i'm trying to work here leave me alone and like like yeah um if, (laughs) if you hear any noise from here don't go yeah, if, I'm you, if i'm
1: here don't fucking bother me because i am working
0: yeah yeah um, it's
1: the i think one of the most upsetting things about jack for me is his anger is kind of relatable in a way mm-hmm. like you, you've been there before right you can you can understand like being angry just in general but not at a person and taking it out on a person right and that's scary yeah like that feeling of like understanding that is really upsetting
0: mm-hmm. yeah but there's definitely like uh there's a, a nature of like consistency with that you know and it only builds yeah. as the movie progresses mm-hmm. you know um thursday goes yeah by pretty thursday
1: closely. i love thursday because it's two scenes mm-hmm. and it's over Mm-hmm. So it's just Wendy and Danny playing outside in the snow with a shrill music playing Mm -hmm. and a slow zoom on Jack's face and he just looks weird. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
1: disassociating, disturbing, and it holds the frame on his face for, like, 15 seconds and then it's Saturday. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, uh, We have uh, Jack typing. We have, um, like uh the first conversation over the radio wherein uh like mm-hmm. wendy is like talking to the like forest like rangers or whatever about the yeah. weather she's like oh the phone lines i just referred there.
1: to them as the police department
0: yeah <laughs> uh the phone lines are down i think is what she's talking about yeah and uh she's like oh yeah that they probably won't go up until the summer and she's like oh yeah. great <laughs> i liked how
1: pleasant they were yeah I, I took note of that yeah he's quite nice
0: <laughs> um i mean it's just like such a break from the tension like the interpersonal family tension i guess you know um yeah yeah so yeah
1: anyone that isn't in the family talking is a is a just a refreshing breeze yeah
0: exactly (laughs) um uh yeah so like there's this like because of this is like uh like a sudden sense of like complete isolation um which Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's just kind of one of the themes of it and then we have uh on the same day we have like one of those iconic moments where um uh Danny is like uh, like tricycling down the hallway and then he uh finds the mm-hmm. twins like at the end like a dead end of the yeah. hallway
1: yeah like this is like yeah very iconic scene mm-hmm. where the twins are there and they say come play with us and then it cuts to them being dead like cut up with an axe and blood is everywhere mm-hmm. and they say forever and ever and ever uh-huh. um he covers his eyes and he uncovers them, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. And he says, Tony, I'm mm-hmm. scared. Mm-hmm. And Tony says, remember what Mr... And I wrote down here, Howerland because <laughs> I didn't know what his name was yet, but I felt like I remembered it being that. Uh-huh. Um, it's just like pictures in a book. It isn't real. Mm-hmm. Which isn't something he said, I don't think.
0: No. Well.
1: Which is interesting.
0: I, I can't remember if he actually said that. Well, he I'm might have said... Pr- he, i don't know you would know better you were taking really like yeah, <laughs> detailed notes
1: i the thing about me is i'm really good at observing like uh actions like things that are taking place like physically but when it comes to conversations a lot of it kind of goes over my head sure. so i might have missed that yeah
0: i i i um, want to say i've that's what happened but it could just be me mis- remembering because i remember that being a thing that was said in the movie yeah. at some point <laughs> so yeah um uh, and then we have, like, a, another really tense scene on uh, the next day, Monday.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, where yep. uh, Danny wants to get, like, his, like, fire, like, trucks. His fire his truck. Um, and his mom's like, no, your dad's sleeping. But then, like, eventually relents and lets him go if he, like, is, yeah. is really, really quiet. And then yeah. uh, once he, like...
1: And this is so sad to me. Yeah. Like, this is... I. It makes you really sad, because this is, like, this is kind of before he's gone over the deep end all the way, mm-hmm. and it just makes me think about, you know, just a kid and a shitty dad and walking on eggshells around his shitty, weird dad, and just, it's too real, and it's sad. Yeah,
0: it, they have this, like, conversation about, like...
1: Really, really, really awkward conversation.
0: Yeah, about, like, you know... um, I guess the big, the big part of the conversation is, like, would you ever hurt, like, mom and I? And...
1: Um, One thing is, one thing he said is, I wish we could stay here forever and ever and ever, which is very shortly after the twins said that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was pretty obvious. That was a pretty obvious correlation to me when I heard that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably obvious to most people when they are, like, in the moment hearing it.
0: Right, right, yeah. Um, Yeah, and it's... um, so yeah and then Jack says oh I would never hurt you. Did your mom tell you I would do that? I would never hurt you. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um deflecting the blame on Wendy which
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, as usual.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, so um Danny's out in the hallway. Um we have so so yeah, Danny's out in the hallway. He the door to 237 opens. Um and then This is
1: Wednesday now.
0: Yeah, this is Wednesday. Um And then, uh, yeah, he's, like, just trying to find out what's going on. And... Yeah. Then, um, Wendy is in, like, the boiler room. Uh, and then she... She hears... That was the
1: word I was looking for. Yes. (laughs) I said, in the basement with all the tech stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was the boiler room. Um, -hmm. and she hears, like, like, the sounds of Jack screaming. um, Yeah. And while she...
1: Like, a a man's, like, wailing moans in the distance.
0: Um... And while she's running those, like, to where Jack is, because she's, like, obviously concerned about him, um, she, like, in, like, those scenes are intercut with, like, scenes of him, like, face down on the table, just, like, screaming. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, he's asleep, and he's just, it's very, yeah, he's, they're all really good actors.
0: Yeah. No, Shelley Duvall, um, uh, Jack Nicholson, yeah, just really mm-hmm. good. <laughs> I'm big fans of all of them. Um, um, and then, uh, yeah, so she gets to the, the the room where Jack is, and she wakes him up, and he tells her, like, oh, I just had the worst nightmare. I had a dream mm-hmm. that I killed you and Danny, but I didn't just kill you. I chopped you up into, like, little bits. And she's, like, really obviously upset about this, but, like... Yeah. I mean, yeah. As
1: anyone would be. Yeah,
0: I mean... It, and
1: the only thing she can say is everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Which is... Not true. <laughs> um,
0: and then Danny comes into the room with, like, red marks around his neck. Um, mm-hmm. And she's, she freaks out about this because especially after the thing that Jack just told her, she's like, "Yeah, you just, yeah. you did this to our son. That's horrible. And then, like, he, 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 yeah. she runs away with both of them. And then we have uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, I think, is uh, Jack walking into the ballroom uh, where the, mm-hmm. the bar is is and used to be filled with alcohol and he sits down at it um Mm -hmm. and like he starts like it's it's just a shot on him at first where he's just like him
1: lamenting i would give my goddamn soul for just for one glass of beer
0: yeah um and he starts like the 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 shot stays like directly on him while he starts like talking to someone yeah Um, like
1: it's just a it's just a straight square on shot of his face and he smiles and starts talking to someone named lloyd
0: yeah and there's like this expectation that like when we get a bigger shot there's gonna be nothing there um Mm -hmm. but we we and
1: then there's a just a guy yeah
0: there's a bartender there um and there there seems to be a rapport between the two of them as if i mean again like as as if they've
1: known each other for years right
0: exactly um there's there's this comes up a fair amount of times throughout the movie where where like there seems to be this disconnect between Jack feeling like he's been here forever and also Mm -hmm. that this is his first winter here you know like Mm -hmm. those two things seem to be working simultaneously for him um which like creates some confusion for him uh yeah um uh just like kind of flying through the rest of the the moments in this movie um Mm -hmm. uh Wendy comes out to find him after they have this conversation, Uh, Lloyd and Mm -hmm. uh, Jack do. There's a mention about, like, the white man's burden, which, you know, just like, like, you know, horrible things seems to be the theme of this movie is just bad stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's like, there's a crazy woman in this hotel. She tried to strangle Mm -hmm. uh, Danny. Uh, Jack goes to that room. Yeah um we have like this beautiful green bathroom and this woman steps out of this like steps out of the bathroom one thing
1: i noticed this room was very 70s oh
0: yeah
1: and this the tragedy happened in
0: 1970 Mm -hmm. um so um yeah so so she comes out of the bathtub um yeah
1: it's this naked sexy lady yeah
0: um her and jack end up making out because like what else would you do i guess in that situation (laughs) um Oh, yeah, b- while this is all happening, um, both Danny and um, uh, Dick are, like, shining this, I guess. You know, like, both, like, yeah. seeing this happens as it happens. Um, uh. And then uh, Jack looks behind him in the mirror and sees, like, mm-hmm. the fact that she's all, like, moldy and, like, like Yeah, saggy. this was, like,
1: an old woman's body that died in a tub and was molding and like wrinkling from the water yeah and it's just very upsetting yeah uh, she starts laughing maniacally and this laughter continues on for basically the rest of the scene
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then yeah so jack is like oh there was nothing in there ha 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 mm-hmm. um yeah. danny must have done it to himself
1: uh <laughs> yeah. and he, he says this with such a tone like he says this with the most like oh me i'm not lying <laughs> yeah. kind of like yeah, like oh, he, well if he, if you rule out what he said there's no other explanation like it's this like shit eating like clearly like you're bullshitting this person and you're lying and you are not a like you have no good intentions at this point mhm kind of feeling
0: Mhm. and then um yeah uh, wendy is like we we need to leave this place i don't think danny is yeah. good like doing well we need to like get him to a doctor yeah, or something we, like this yeah and then jack is like pissed off at he him. he goes off yeah she's like he's like i will not let you fuck this up you know yeah like
1: um as this as he's getting mad you see cuts of danny laying on his side in the bed like silently screaming basically like his mouth is wide open and his eyes are wide open and he's i think he's staring at uh, uh it, it might be a vision mm-hmm. at this point a vision of the door with red lip, lip, uh, red lipstick that spells out red rum mm-hmm. which is murder backwards obviously yeah
0: um i feel like that would have been like, that's like a lot easier to tell a if you've never watched this movie if you've like watched this movie before and if you have subtitles on i can only imagine like hearing mm-hmm. that um, well, maybe if you saw it visually, you would be able to tell. But just just hearing it, I think it would be like, oh, yeah. holy shit! Red
1: rum is like, yeah,
0: yeah. When... No, it's
1: a it's a good twist. Yeah, I didn't it's... mean to like. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: I think I only meant obviously because that's such an iconic scene. Oh that no 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 yeah! I just, know about it. I was just thinking yeah.
0: aloud about it because that was a thought I was yeah. having during the movie. I'm like, if I had no context about this movie and I was just seeing yeah. it for the first time. Uh, would that be dope or not? <laughs> it, it,
1: it, it's interesting because the scene where they reveal that it says red rum, the scene where, like, she sees the mirror, it zooms in on her face, it zooms in on murder in the mirror, that is, like, less than a second long. Yeah. It's really easy to miss that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't intended to be this, like, super uh, Shyamalan twist, like, whoa. It was basically, it was mostly for her. Yeah. It was for Wendy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we have another like scene that I really like. I like the scenes that happen in the gold room, um, just because yeah. they're like, like, they're surreal in a weird way. There's like Jack mm-hmm. accepting his surroundings that are like yeah so like anachronous as like you know reality immediately. Um,
1: yeah. oh, um, while the previous scene was happening, you have Halloran like, uh, trying to call the police department and getting like them to contact them through the, uh, through the radio mm-hmm. so that he can, cause he's through the shining. He knows that bad shit is going down yeah, yeah. and he needs them to be safe.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Um yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, Jack walks into this, uh, party. Um, he, he, he orders, uh, like another like drink from Lloyd. Um, he like, oh yeah, yeah. And then he's like, there's no charge. Your money's no good here. And he's like, mm-hmm. I I, I want to know who's buying my drink. Yeah,
1: he looks mad. Yeah, about the fact that somebody bought a drink for him, which yeah. is very weird. He asks for um, hair of the dog that bit me, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: and that's bourbon on the rocks somehow. I don't. Oh, know I think anything it's just like drinks. hair of the
0: dog is like a turn of phrase that means like when you get like really hungover, like you're mm-hmm. supposed to like have hair of the dog, which is like the drink uh, you had last yeah. night.
1: That makes sense. Um,
0: so it's just like a, a, okay. the last beverage he had. I get you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense yeah yeah, um, yeah so there's this is a
1: really good scene yeah oh another thing to mention in the previous scene where we meet Lloyd it's completely empty just him and Lloyd mm-hmm. Uh, in this scene there's a whole party there's lots of people here mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. The, the place is packed
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's still Lloyd there and it's still the same bar
0: yeah Um, yeah so so Lloyd says you're not ready to know who's buying your drinks at this point basically yeah um which is weird yeah and then jack is like i guess i mean (laughs) yeah um
1: yeah he stands up and a butler spills some shit all over him yeah (laughs) and they go into the bathroom to clean him up and as he's wiping him down he asks for his name and he reveals that it's double grady which is the name of the person who uh the guy that murdered his family yeah. in the tragedy of 1970. Yeah,
0: the old caretaker who, like, yeah, chopped up his kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then, yeah, so Jack is, like, so, so we have this, like, sort of disconnect where it's, like, weren't you, yeah. didn't you used to be the caretaker here? Didn't you, yeah. like, kill your kids and also yourself and also your wife and stuff like that? Yeah. And then Grady is, like, I mean, he's, like, a bit put off by this but not as much yeah. as you would expect a person yeah at first
1: he's like um I'm sorry to disagree with you but I think I would remember doing something like that yeah um as he keeps pushing at him he starts to kind of have a really serious stare down with him and He says, I'm sorry to differ with you, but you are the caretaker. You've always been the caretaker. I should know, sir, I've always been here. Mm -hmm. And they stare at each other for a while, and Jack laughs nervously.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's, like, the sense of, like, acceptance about the fact, sort of. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, there's this conversation about uh, how Jack's son is trying, Danny, is trying to bring an outside source. Into yeah. the, the, the the situation, there's some racial slurs thrown around, which is just yeah. indicative of like, oh, yeah, white it's, it's definitely
1: showing you like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is a very white supremacist kind of situation going on here. Yeah, it's very very representative of who these people are and that they are not good. Yeah, not that you didn't already know that. Yeah, but yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> like. I mean, it's no fucking Tarantino movie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Steve Buscemi isn't, like, throwing around N-words every, like, you know, three yeah. minutes, but whatever. Uh, that's neither here nor yeah. there. <laughs> Thank God Tarantino doesn't do horror movies, is all I have to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then uh, he he talks about how his, like, wife and children... Grady yeah. does talks about how weren't so keen on being here but he, then he corrected them and then his wife mm-hmm. tried to stop him and he corrected her as well and that Jack should correct his you know wife and child yeah. um in a similar way um then yeah then Wendy is like really like upset at this point and trying mm-hmm. to like plan yeah um like
1: she is crying and smoking and talking to herself trying to think of what she can do to escape mhm um tony i i started writing down danny's name as tony now because danny is gone yeah um danny basically left uh he either it might be implied that danny was killed or is just kind of taking a back seat Mm -hmm. um and but after the events of the room um 237 i think Mm -hmm. uh only tony is talking now Mm -hmm. and he you know tony always has this kind of upset looking face very straight face kind of a little bit angry
2: yeah
1: um and he says he always refers to his mom as mr torrance
0: yeah mrs torrance
1: mrs torrance duh yeah Uh, (laughs) but uh danny's not here mrs torrance danny can't wake up mrs torrance danny's gone away mrs torrance mm-hmm. and then wendy hugs him and there uh, uh, for the past couple of scenes a heartbeat has been going on through the music mm-hmm. it's been like this for a while
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um um yeah yeah and then uh jack walks into the radio room like disassembles the radio while the radio's yeah. calling him because like we said dick had been trying to contact them via the, yeah. the forest service contacting yeah. them to, via the radio um so yeah. that's just another level of like isolation um yeah um, a hollerin' like calls back isn't what you're due um and then it's and then he flies there yeah,
1: there's a title card for 8 a.m
0: mm-hmm.
1: um the title cards kind of decrease in time and distance from each other as the movie goes on yeah like first the first title card is one month later and then it goes by days and then it starts going by hours yeah
0: yeah um so yeah he's he's he flies down um uh...
1: um it, at this point he is sitting in the plane he asks uh the um flight attendant when they're gonna land i don't remember when what she said okay. but um the heartbeat is going on and it stops i think in the middle of this scene where he's on the airplane, Mm -hmm. just kind of very abruptly. It doesn't seem like anything triggered it, Uh which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we get a cut back to Jack just sitting in his typewriter, typing in silence for a while. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then a cut back to the airplane. Um, Mr. Holleran calls, um, I think I'm assuming somebody else who is associated with the hotel, Larry. Um, And he sees, he needs to get to the hotel Um, and he needs a snowcat in order to get there Mm -hmm. Uh, and he asks if he can hook it up Um, he lies and says that uh, he was told that they're actually very unreliable and he needs to get down there and replace somebody just for convenience obviously he can't just say that the guy's gone insane and he just knows this somehow yeah um there's a radio station uh khwo uh i wrote that down for some reason, I felt like it was significant, but it isn't really. No. <laughs> um, it might be in some way, but it wasn't significant to our purposes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're talking about how some of the airports are going to be closing soon. The storms are getting really bad. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah. So, like, uh, uh, Wendy, like, is, like, um, yeah. he, she, she talks to Dan. She tells him to just, like, stay put while he talk, while she talks to, like, his dad um uh she brings a bat with her and while she's looking uh -hmm. for jack she finds his typewriter we have like
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um pages like on the typer that say all work and no play makes jack a dull boy and then like a bunch of stacks of paper that say the same thing like printed in all sorts of different ways like formatted in different ways i thought that
1: was a really cool touch because they could have just printed out the same thing and a lot of and just over and over again yeah Exactly. Made it so he got a little creative with it. There was one page where they were, like, in a triangle format. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, which it, was
1: kind of funny because, like, every other thing was just kind of different basic page formats. Yeah,
0: it's it's neat. And, like, there's, like, like tension rising at the scene because she's like, hey, this isn't, like, a book. This is just the same sentence, like... Like over and over again. Um,
1: Yeah, as she's um, she has this uh, stack of papers that he had put to the side, and she's flipping through them, kind of panicking as she realizes he's been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. Because there's like a stack of like at least a hundred pages of this, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and the music is swelling as she's doing this. Uh, The camera shots to the camera cuts to something from behind a pillar, and it slowly moves into frame. Uh, so that you can see her. And then Jack walks in from behind the pillar and says, how do you like it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she screams, obviously.
2: Yeah. Um and, and Jack is
1: kind of pushing her like, what are you doing he- down here? And she was like, I just wanted to talk. And she's sobbing, panicking, trying to be able to communicate with this person who is obviously not there. Yeah. Like, not a person that you can communicate with. Yeah. Um, and he is talking, just pushing her and talking about, I bet you wanted to talk about Danny. We should discuss him. What mm-hmm. should be done with him?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think we should do with him? She says, we need to get him to a hospital. Um, And he mocks her. He's like, we need to get him to a hospital. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And it's really upsetting. Yeah, it's like super condescending like,
0: and like not taking like her yeah fear seriously.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, really, yeah. Um, as this is happening, there's cuts back to Danny slash Tony um, with a very terrified expression mm-hmm. on his face as he's seeing visions of the um, the elevator scene with the blood, except now it's basically full of blood. It's flooded, basically. Sure. Um, and we get uh, Jack's voice being distorted, kind of put through like a waving thing Mm -hmm. i don't know exactly what it would be but talking about danny and what should be done with him Mm -hmm. um he's very animated he's moving around very almost cartoonishly as he's being very aggressive and sarcastic towards her
0: yeah yeah so uh they have like end up having a bit of an altercation at the top of the stairs where uh uh, wendy like hits um jack like on the head Um, He,
1: he, he says um I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so, so he takes the tumble down the stairs. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then she ends up dragging him to the freezer, like in the kitchen. Um, uh, it's just the um,
1: locked pantry, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, she, ha- she like, um, struggles a bit with getting the door open, but she eventually makes it. Um, he's, like, half conscious at yeah. this point. And, like, before he can, like, really react, uh, she's already got the door closed yeah. in front of him. And then yeah. he's... There's a lot of
1: tension because she's, like, fiddling with the lock, being unable to get it open. You know, like, oh, is he going to get up and kill her before, he can, before she can get him locked in there? Yeah, yeah. But she does open the door, drags or drags him in there, and locks the door. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "Let me out of here, and I'll forget the whole damn thing. It'll be like nothing ever happened. He realizes that isn't working, and he has this feigned sobbing sadness, and he says, "Wendy, baby, I think you hurt my head real bad. I'm dizzy. I need to go to a doctor mm-hmm. and
0: yeah, and then she's, she's like not
1: falling for it, yeah, she's like.
0: I'm going to leave. I'll get a doctor. I mean, she's obviously yeah. more distressed than this, but she's like, Yeah, yeah I'm going to leave. I'm gonna get a doctor. Like, I'm, um, I'm going to uh, get the
1: snow cat and we're going to leave and we're going to come back and bring you a doctor. Yeah. And, and he reveals that he is a few steps ahead of her on that regard. Mm-hmm. And he already took the batteries out of the radio, disassembled parts of the radio itself, and also disassembled the, uh, uh, the snow cat. Mm-hmm. he says, Go check it out like five times. Mm-hmm. And so she runs outside to do just that. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's destroyed, and she can't leave.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jack is. But it's
1: four p.m. Yeah, it's
0: four p.m. Jack is asleep on like a pile of like bags and stuff like that. Like uh, there's food bags. Yeah, there's a knock on the door. It uh, uh, turns out to be Grady again. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he, she, who is obviously disappointed in his inability to like handle yeah. the situation, and he's like, yeah. I-, "I promise, I'll get it like sorted out if you just let yeah. me out of here.
1: Give me another chance." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um he as they have this exchange and it basically ends with like uh Grady's like, I'm afraid we're gonna have to be do I think it's something something implying like, hey, you're gonna have to murder your family, something yeah, like yeah, drastic yeah. measures or something. Yeah. Like. And he says he's looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um and somehow the door unlocks. Mm-hmm. Uh this is her first kind of big sign that this house is haunted as fuck and he's not just hallucinating. Yeah. Um this is the house is getting in on this action and definitely wants him to kill his family
0: Mm -hmm. i just want to like cover the last few scenes really quickly um so we have the red rum scene which i mean we've talked about that before um we have uh yeah just like a chase scene throughout the house um where uh Um,
1: well this is the the famous bathroom scene oh yeah he he um chops down the door shoves his face in there and says here's johnny Mm uh she goes in with her hand he goes in with his hand to open the door uh before this happened she opened the window and pushed uh um got danny out of the window so he is outside Mm -hmm. um and he runs around around inside because he can't hide outside he would freeze to death Mm -hmm. um he hides in a little um a food cart um uh jack knows that he's somewhere else now so he goes around um just looking
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh at this point mr Holleran has arrived he's at the hotel he comes in he's saying who's there what's going on or no like who's there is anyone there hello
0: mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. um jack comes out from a behind a pillar and just chops him right in the chest
0: super anticlimactic kind of, and like for, some kind
1: of shitty practical effects yeah it's really like, it's nothing um the only impact this really has on the actual story itself is that he, um, the shining link between Mr. Holleran and Danny causes Danny to scream. Mm-hmm. Um, and that reveals his location.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jack ends up like chasing Danny through, well, uh, through yeah. the house. And then eventually through like the, the, the labyrinth. Um, yeah. Uh, where, I mean, like, um,
1: we cut, we cut back to Wendy just looking for Danny. Um, she's, going upstairs and there's this kind of like native american burial music playing mm-hmm. um and then bear job mm-hmm. um and then we cut <laughs> Just... to danny hiding outside
0: uh-huh
1: <laughs> okay well, let's let's talk about bear job um, um <laughs>
0: the most iconic scene in the movie is uh, yeah this guy in like a fursuit with like a yeah with like a face painted on and like yeah this guy... he's
1: wearing a like a shoddy bear costume a face paint and he looks as if he's giving this uh, i guess i think it's just a random butler uh-huh. blowjob yeah um and wendy kind of sees this and is like ah i think <laughs> she screams i don't know why she would do that um i mean i can kind of understand why you would scream by just seeing other people in this house that's supposed to be empty right but yeah it's still pretty weird yeah um oh um yeah and then it cuts back to um danny is running through the hedge maze jack is chasing him through the hedge maze um Then we cut back to Wendy, she finds uh, Mr. Hollerin's body, and then after that she sees a, like, a butler with a bleeding head, Mm -hmm. Um, and then we cut back to chasing, we cut back to uh, Wendy, and she sees a skeleton party, she just goes into, (laughs) like, I think the bar area, Mm -hmm. and there's just skeletons there, Mm -hmm. this is the part where it got a little bit cheesy, Yeah. Um, I thought that those, I think those two bits specifically weren't helpful to the whole theme <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. No. Um, but, you know, it's two very, very small scenes. I think Bear Job was brilliant. I think that was like, that, cause that was over the top. That was so weird and surreal that that was like, what was that? Whereas Skeleton Party was just like, oh, it's a Skeleton Party. Super
0: on the nose. Yeah. And yeah, kind exactly. of like corny, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah, so eventually, like, Wendy and Danny end up, like, getting away into, like, this, like, the snowcat, I think, that uh, Halloran drove in at on. Um, Yeah. And then... Um,
1: Oh, one thing. um, Danny is, like... Danny, like, japes the fuck out of Jack by, like, walking backwards on his own footprints in order to mislead him. And then he hides. Uh Uh-huh. Which I was, like... I didn't realize what he was doing at first, but I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's cool. That's tight as fuck.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Way to go, kid. Uh-huh. Um, he hides. Jack is getting super tired at this point, um, but Danny uh, basically loses Jack and then runs back on his own footprints to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, very clever boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's Tony or Danny right now, um, I but think... it seems like he turned back into Danny yeah. um, after he got outside. Yeah. Um, but uh, they go um he runs away um they reunite um and they get in the snowcat the engine starts and they escape yeah. good end yeah you get all the secrets and you win
0: uh-huh. um, um there's the the last two scenes are uh, i mean uh, jack sits down in the maze uh the next scene immediately is mm-hmm. like him being yeah frozen, a, a hard like, morning, like cut guess.
1: with no build-up just him being frozen sitting in and then
0: and then a long pan into like a, like a picture in the, the like yeah. the main hall where it's yeah. like a huge party and it's like that's yeah. jack at the front you know just that's mm-hmm. him even though yeah. this was in the 1920s or whatever so i mean yeah you know like time is a flat yeah. circle and all that kind of stuff
1: yep <laughs> so um, but yeah that's the whole movie that is the whole we movie we got through it yeah
0: we did
1: and we've done a lot of really good jokes the whole way through and didn't just read a synopsis of the movie <laughs> that i wrote
0: you know what that's okay <laughs> I feel it's. It was like good movie. When I was like going through this, I was like, "Oh, these these are all really relevant to mention." I feel like there's a lot happening Mm -hmm. in this movie, but it all feels, I most of it feels like important, you know?
1: Yeah, it all. Well, it was all interesting. Yeah, everything that happened felt like a cool thing to say and know about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved that movie. I thought it was really good. It's. I wouldn't say it was something that would like stick with me. Mm -hmm. um, The way a lot of other stuff does um another thing that i am really into horror wise is all of alan resnick's stuff oh sure yeah which is pretty kind of like stanley kubrick, kubrick uh symbolism-y yeah um but that stuff is way more interesting to me yeah um for a multitude of reasons mm-hmm. um but i really liked this movie mm-hmm. it was very interesting
0: mm-hmm. so on a scale of one to five bear jobs how many bear jobs do you give this movie
1: um I'm okay. So f- if three is just an okay movie and then five is a perfect movie. Um, 4.5.
2: Sure. I think. I think that's because it's like,
1: yeah, it wasn't really my kind of movie for a lot of reasons, but I felt like I have a, Deep respect for the movie totally. and everything that it does right. Totally. So I feel like it deserves a really high score, even if it wasn't something that resonated with me on like the most personal and deep level.
0: Yeah. Like I'm, this is not a movie I'm obsessed with, but it's not like I, I like yeah. even while even, it's just
1: so well made.
0: Yeah. Even though it's like just under two and a half hours long, it's like interesting the entire time. Yeah. You know, so I.
1: Yeah. It's like always engaging. Mm-hmm. There's always something to be focused on and invested in. Mm hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we would get into questions at this point but there's no questions to be had so yeah. um let's... i think
1: there was one question but it was like an inside joke that i didn't get i
0: didn't get it either uh past <laughs> guess michael just sent like some nonsense to me on to the yeah. on twitter uh <laughs> mood landing get ipad question mark question mark m question yeah mark. and i'm like i i was like thanks michael yeah Shout out to michael. i
1: i'm I'm pretty sure that there's some sort of connection between Stanley Kubrick's work and The Shining and, like, The Moon Landing. Oh, Something yeah, because, like, they're, like, a faked, Kubrick,
0: Kubrick faked the Maybe it was, I don't know who faked the moon landing and, like, prop, popular conspiracy. The Shining
1: faked the moon landing. So the Shining
0: faked the moon landing. Um, Lunartruth.com. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into recommendations. Um, yeah. Do you have anything prepared or should I go?
1: Um... You should go first so I can think about what I want to recommend. Okay. Because I have a lot of different things. I just don't know which I would pick.
0: Okay. Um, so this is like slightly embarrassing for me to recommend because it's like, mm-hmm. it's not the original fake deep horny anime, but it was one of the original fake deep horny animes. Also the first mm-hmm. one I ever watched, which I'm rewatching right now, uh, is The Melancholy of Haruki Suzumiya. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
1: i've never watched an anime so i don't know what that is uh it's
0: it's it's like it 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 has to do with all these like it's it's like a lot it's like like i said it's like the quintessential like fake deep horny anime where there's like lots of tits but Mm -hmm. also like philosophy and stuff like that um yeah (laughs) but it's like fun you know it's like a fun that doesn't take itself too seriously which is like refreshing Mm -hmm. about it i feel you know, because there's yeah, like ones that are good. that are like, oh, this is so deep. Um, but also, there's boobs. Yeah, look at these boobs, but also it's so deep, so you can say like you can like brag about watching it to your friends and talk about how deep and mm-hmm. philosophical you are. But like boobs. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if that's your kind of thing, go for it. I uh, I understand yeah. why it wouldn't be for everyone, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I've already recommended it, but I really would sincerely recommend checking out Gregory Horror Show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure every episode is on YouTube and somebody made like a playlist so you can just binge watch it if you want. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting and very surreal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I like it a lot, though. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, that sounds yeah. cool, cool, yeah. cool. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) so uh, since we were a day late, so an extra juicy episode for everyone. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's been a podcast. uh, Yeah, uh, we did it. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to promo yourself in any way, Alec, where people can find you if they wish to do Uh, so?
1: Sure, I guess. So I don't really make a whole lot of content, but I am a game designer, sort of. Mm -hmm. I'm an aspiring game designer, but I don't have anything that is good or interesting <laughs> or playable um but my twitter is alec214 um and my tumblr is also alec214 um but i also have a game development tumblr which is on hiatus pretty much permanently <laughs> which is alec makes mm-hmm. Cool. um yeah i
2: think
1: that's all that there is from, oh i have a youtube channel which i will actually probably start making more youtube videos on Ooh. which is um alex spindler um it's i think my youtube channel is alex21496 mm-hmm. um because i made my youtube channel when i was a very little kid and i forgot my password so i just made a second one uh-huh. and i have no idea how to get back in my old one because it was done with like an email that i don't have access to anymore sure um but you can probably just find it like Alex Spindler.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Alex Spindler.
0: Yeah, you can find me. Yeah, there I am. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Blair Kitch, and you can find me on Tumblr uh, Bramblepelt.tumblr.com. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm Blair. I'm Alec. Uh, uh, and remember, do you do you want to say the line, Alec? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You you can put a fucked up guy anywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we did it.
2: Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Okay.